Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Saturday, February 3rd, 2024. We made it to February. February. Jamming the R in there because it's like <laughs> no one ever does it and it feels clunky but sort of fun and old timey maybe. It's the weird leap year month where we get the free day at the end. That's true. It's probably not a Saturday, I'm assuming. But if it is, then that would be a cinema day. So it would feel even crazier. I, I think that know. day everybody should just get it off, right? Or it's an extra day to make money, I guess. Someone was telling me, someone at work said like their friend's birthday is one of those leap year days or whatever. And so every other year, I don't even know how, it sounded better when they said it, but it was like every other year they're like, oh, you don't get a birthday this year or some sort of gag about it. Or I don't know. It, it seemed like I could tell the person probably is sick of that gag. You know, like it's yeah. like everybody's always like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a birthday, you know. Does that actually screw up computers if they're, you know, using a passport? Yeah. <laughs> Is it like, you're six years old? You're like, no, I'm not. I'm a grown up. As someone who works with a computer, I think I can answer that question <laughs> and all computer related questions. But yes. There has to be some sort of safeguard built in at this point. Like, it's not like the Y2K nonsense, which we now know was nonsense. But at the time, yeah. could have been anything. We don't know. And speaking of that, I mean, that's another thing where it's like, you know, we talk about stuff that like we lived through that yeah. now young people, you know. Now oh, it's ancient history. Yeah, I don't like talking about like how we're getting to be the old guys or quote unquote. I mean, maybe no one's saying that, but you know, if they were saying that. And I think about that now, like Y2K, like explaining that you just kind of, we look like fools to a degree, you know. And how people, <laughs> because humans are idiots. Yeah. I remember people were actually getting duct tape and supplies and, and hoarding like, water and, and shelters like bomb shelters and stuff i feel like yeah. not like everyone or anything like that but i feel like there were certain people who kind of vie for these situations where they're like oh yeah i got 10 years worth of beans yeah. <laughs> in my bunker or something you're like okay bud good, good job well i think about people talk about what is classic music like modern rock what's classic rock what's a classic car what's a classic movie Somebody said that it's 25 years, which seems huh. bonkers. But then if you think in 1980, you go back like 1955, oh, seems man. like so far before 1980. But now 1980. So The Matrix is now a classic film. Well, I was thinking too, this is, you know, talk about old man-isms, but it was it 33 years or 31 years? 33 years, about 30 years before I was in high school, number one on the charts was Buddy Holly. About 30 years before a kid in grade nine right now is Nirvana. Yeah. So that is the distance we are from that kind of stuff. Which is funny you say that because I got like a weird targeted Facebook story about the final Nirvana recording session literally on the way Whoa. here. And I don't even really like, like I like Nirvana a lot of the time and I, I, I do not care at all about them now. Like, I mean, I like that they still have their cult and all that. Yeah. But just for me personally, I'm just, most of the stuff I listened to back then, like Sublime and Rage and all that stuff, I just, like I a tool, you know, like I respect it, but I just, I'm just not there anymore, you know, like for me. But it was kind of interesting reading that because it's just like, yeah, they were, they were recording, you know, you're right. And it was, that was like the last thing they did in January 95 or something like that. And so it's kind of wild to hear because they're just like, oh, they recorded the instrumental. Then they went and got pizza. Then they yeah. came back and did a jam. <laughs> Him. then kurt did one take and then he left and they he never came back and you're just you're reading the story and you know they record it but you're also like oh my god kurt hurry up record your part yeah. <laughs> it's the last time well and it's like with movies too where we're more far removed from raiders of the lost ark mm -hmm. than raiders is from humphrey bogart type movies that inspired it you're killing me yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because like we were looking at movies to watch here and yeah we, we look at like i don't want to say 
crappy old timey movies, but you know, not for everyone, but it's just like, you know, you're looking at this stuff that's 59 minutes to perhaps 70 minutes. And it's just like, for all of the flack I give Amazon, you know, like bless Prime Video for having all this wealth of crap in a nice way. Yeah, we're running on a bit of a <laughs> deadline just because I'm working this afternoon. Yeah, and the buses choose not to get me here on time all the time. And, you know. Yeah, if you would have got here mm, on here time, if the buses wouldn't have betrayed you. Here we go. It's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But it is good. These old movies that are an hour. And what I like, it is the biggest privilege we have, is watching this stuff on the big screen. Mm hmm you really think we're the only people on planet earth watching this movie on a big screen right now. I think that a lot. And like most of the time I'm right. Just some of the yeah. stuff I watch is so just bizarre and dumb, you know, that I'm like, there's no one else at 3am watching, you know, whatever it is. The borrowers director's cut. I don't know. It's not that at all. I wish I've been removed from it a bit. Cause I got distracted watching some other stuff, but I'm about halfway through dark shadows. I'm about, jeez, oh, we've been talking about this for like six years. I yeah. Feel like. Well, because it was a soap opera that was on for five years but unlike, you know, if you think of whatever's on for five years, you're like, okay, that's 20 episodes times five. But it was a daily show. It was a soap opera. Yeah. So there's 1,200 episodes. Yeah. So when I get a free trial subscription to another channel and get addicted to kind of saying, I want to watch all this stuff before it goes away, mm -hmm. it removes me from watching that other stuff. Plus, I watch so many movies here. But anyhow, so I haven't watched A Dark Shadows in about a month. But when I am watching A Dark Shadows, I wish they had a tracker where I could be like, wow, 17 other people in Canada are watching this right now. <laughs> yeah, or that, maybe it's 500. I don't know. That's the kind of show too, where you like, you know, there is probably someone watching it somewhere on earth at yeah. all times. Like just if it's available streaming and stuff like that. I hardly watch movies at home because not to uh, compliment our competitor television, but <laughs> there's so much good television that I watch all the movies here at the Mayfair and then at home catch up on TV stuff. And now John Stewart's coming back to daily shows. So oh my God, like, you'll yeah. probably feel like, I don't know, maybe you already were watching daily shows. Well, I know you watch a lot of night shows or whatever. I watch the night shows while I'm at home doing Mayfair homework. So. During the day? The During the day, day yeah. Nobody yeah. watches talk shows at night <laughs> anymore. They watch it the next day because you go to the CTV app or the global app and you could just watch them the next day. So I don't know how you have time to read comic books. I was thinking of this oh, last I don't, night. It's the worst. Because like, I haven't, I bought many comic books in the last year and like no, I've gotten to read like two of them and I'm just like and it'd be smart to watch less screen time and to like yeah. read because I actually do I mean it's been a while since, since I've had this feeling but I remember when I was a kid or even when you're older and you read something your brain just sort of feels like it's getting a workout a little more feels smarter maybe like, and you get an accomplishment when you're like I did it I yeah. finished a book <laughs> and it's just fun and I mean reading like nostalgic older titles you know like I'm sort of doing like a bit of a mix now but I mean it, those moments where you're just like I remember that panel from when yeah. I was 10 it's a personal it means nothing to anyone. I'm not even bothering to tell my wife stuff like that anymore because I was like, <laughs> great, honey, great, you know. But I, th I thought of that. I was like, man, I like I have a bunch of books too. Like I have not been reading and yet I'm doing all this watching and rewatching stuff. And my, I'm just like, God, I don't, I don't even know what to do with my time anymore. And we came to the movie a little while ago and Gwen walked across the street to get a coffee from our friends at Black Squirrel Books. Mm. And while she was there, she got me the Close Encounters novelization. Oh, how did you not have that? Funny story. I do have that. Well, the the running gag is that I have this is actually a special edition, so I didn't have it. It's uh, like a re-release that came out with the movie. Oh, so there's like color pictures in the center or something. I love that. <laughs> but there's at least six printings of Close Encounters. I by mistake bought it and I already had it and then did Wait. that again. I always do this. So you have so, four copies? So I have printings number one, three, five, and this special edition. So the joke is I want to get two and four yeah. just so I can have 
all the reprintings and they're reasonably priced. You get them for two bucks, five bucks, whatever. Yeah. So she got me those and I'm always buying new comics. I buy a lot less because Gwen got me the Marvel Unlimited app for my birthday. And then more recently it became available in Canada got the DC app for our anniversary, which means she never has to buy me a present again. Yeah. And I love them. I'm hooked on them. They're really great. They got a lot of archives. They go back and they have romance comics and war comics. And for movie theme stuff, like Marvel put on their Planet of the Apes books from the 70s. Mm. So reading all that. So what I try to do is my kind of OCD with those two apps is that's my bedtime reading. I read one DC comic and one Marvel comic before bed. But then there's sometimes when I'll have a rare time where I'll have a little break at the Mayfair when there's a rental going on or something, and I'll read a comic, and then you get this feeling, or I get this feeling of like, I'm ahead of the game. Yeah. Like, I've read one Marvel comic now early in the day. What if you're like, has there been times where you're like, okay, so like, for example, I don't know, say you're wanting to read Maximum Carnage, because why not, you know? Uh uh So are there parts where it's like, oh, I'm so into this storyline, I want to watch issue two of this, or is it, or yeah, watch. That doesn't quite make sense, but you know, but is it just like, no, no, I'm doing one DC, one Marvel, or even if I'm like super into storyline, if I finish part three of four, I could just rock it out or what? Yeah, early on, I was kind of just reading new stuff as it came out because it's like a comic store, but three months behind, mm. but there's so much stuff. So well, I was reading the new Spider-Man, the new Deadpool, the new whatever. But now I've got more hooked on reading, yeah, big clunks of things. Yeah. So as we speak, I'm at issue 88 of Fantastic Four. Oh, Lord. And Stan and Jack's run was 106 issues. Okay. So that's what I'm doing now. So just every night I'm reading a Fantastic Four. Are you going to stop at 106 or are you going to go to 107 and be like, oh, yeah, that's not as good? I might read 107 <laughs> just to see how not good it is comparatively to Jack Kirby leaving the book. It has to be like, I mean, no offense to whoever did 107, but yeah. like, it's got to be. Those are big shoes to fill. Yeah, it's a step down for sure. But Marvel has a comic that came out in the 80s called The Nam. Oh, which yeah, was yeah, yeah. really well reviewed. The so, Nam? Is the it? Nam? I always wondered because it's like the Vietnam. Nam? But you, as a kid, I was like, yeah, it looks like the Nam. But then I was like, wait, would it be Nam? Vietnam? Vietnam? The Nam? But that sounds weird. The Nam? Like, <laughs> it, it almost sounds like a spokesperson for a fast food restaurant or something. And then I get distracted because there's so many Star Wars comics currently being made. I was going to bring that up too. Like, because all those old runs, like, those must be kind of cool, but also silly, I would imagine. Very silly. <laughs> very out of canon. Yeah. But I did read the... 100 plus issues of the 1970s, oh, 80s. Of course you did. And that's my favorite character, Jackson, the big green bunny. Oh, right. That's yes. where he shows up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, who He has recently been put into canon, as everything is. <laughs> Jackson. Uh, those are fun because they have a lot of good creators on them. But what is most interesting is you can see that nowadays there's a team that kind of makes sure stuff stays in place. Right. You can't kill that person. Oh, that ship does this, whatever. The best thing is the artists weren't told. They were drawing this before the movie came out back in, say, like they started drawing mid-1970. 1976 to get the books out in time for the movie yeah the most telling thing is the very iconic triangle star destroyers mm -hmm. instead of flying flat they fly like sails <laughs> they have them flying sideways because nobody told them like they yeah. looked at some photos and some drawings and nobody said no no don't do that they probably could do that though, right? Like, I mean, probably. Well, they're in they space, just right? Yeah, they haven't done it in the movies, but I don't see why not. Like, yeah. they're always doing crazy moves, you know. But so I've read a lot of movie themed stuff like that. But there is, there's just, especially now, there's not enough hours in the day. Yeah. And so what it does do for me is make it real, like, 
life is precious. Don't waste time watching reality shows, you know? Yeah, I know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, and it's, or like stuff I've already seen. Like I'm rewatching The Office as one does, you know? But like that's mostly just because it's like a 20 minute end of night, whatever, you yeah. know? But even still, I'm like, this could be a comic, you know? I could, there's probably comics of The Office at this point. Well, and all, you know? Tubi just put on all the classic Doctor Who's. Oh, no. Which I haven't watched. And there's a zillion uh, yeah, of those. I was going to say, aren't there hundreds? Like, Zillions. And yeah. Well, at least, like, you can't watch those ones that were taped over by the BBC accidentally. Yeah. Thank so, God some got taped over. <laughs> save a little bit of time on that, but still. Well, that to circle back to Dark Shadows, none of them were taped over. Unfortunately. Somebody did a better job taking <laughs> care of those and didn't be like, oh, got to record a football match, got to tape over an old Doctor Who. Yeah, because they were they're like, they're going to be so confused if you miss episode 597. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, no, he's still undead and he's doing the same thing every episode. Oh, my God. And what's funny is I still feel a spoiler attachment to them where I don't want to look on IMDb to look up an actor because <laughs> if I see if they leave at episode 700, mm. then I know they've left. So there's this weird thing where I'm still kind of trying to avoid too much information, even though there's all kinds of behind the scenes books and whatever. But yeah, I feel like that with shows and TV based on stuff that I, I'm vaguely aware of, but don't know how they went. Like, yeah. how, like the Lakers, like winning time, the TV show. Where oh, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they won a bunch and I know Magic Johnson's really good. And I, I know it like a little bit, but I don't really know the ins and outs entirely because it's just, you know, it was a while back. <laughs> I remember being a dumb person in my very early 20s when the Muhammad Ali documentary came out. Yeah. And I did not know the ending. Yeah. And so to me, I wonder how many dummies in the crowd were like me. Most people going in probably knew the whole story. Mm -hmm. But to me, I didn't know if he won or lost that fight. Yeah, that's why it's kind of like better either way because it's like you can really get something out of it if you're like, okay, I know 100% the story. I want to see how they pull this off or whatever. But yeah. then you're also like, if it's just, you know, because most people like you're not super into sports, but no. like you're interested in like a good story or yeah, something like, like that. Yeah, there's a really good baseball documentary called Battered Bastards of Baseball. Okay. And it's an interesting thing because Kurt Russell was the bat boy. And his dad or stepdad ran the baseball team. Okay, so like in real life in as real a life. kid. Okay. In real life, yeah. So while he was a child star, his day job or his fun job was being the bat boy for this baseball team. That's crazy. And they were a Bad News Bears-esque, troublemaking yeah. bunch of losers and wannabes and has-beens. <laughs> so for me, that's the best way to watch sports is in a documentary style where a game, instead of taking three hours, takes four minutes of them saying and then this happened yeah and then they came back and won the game and that's a lot of stuff i watch a lot of fictionalized sports movies or documentaries especially for me that's the way to watch sports yeah yeah you were a big fan of hardball with keanu reeves as well <laughs> yeah which not gonna lie it's actually like better than i would have expected i mean it's it's one of those saccharine you know types of yeah. movies or whatever and you know where it's going but it's or like, like any of those kevin costner movies oh yeah although and, and actually and hardball i think was 2001 so it's almost a classic actually i guess oh, this God. year <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be or no next year whatever i don't know how time works but still yeah no it's it is kind of fascinating yeah cycling back to all that where you're just like classic and timelines and all this stuff and i'm just like yeah i moved here in 2000 so i mean i'm almost classic now i guess my time here so it's like well you think there was human beings born in the 21st century who are old enough to be married with children yeah that's crazy talk you know we, it's, it's tough there, there's never enough hours and we don't have kids so i'm like i don't oh, know God. how people do it 
And plus yeah. all that money they spent on kids, that could have been comics or movies or snacks. Yeah. Fools. <laughs> yeah, idiots. <laughs> Okay, so speaking of movies on this movie podcast... That you could bring kids to or not. Maybe. Know, we're about to find out. All of these movies we're about to mention, bring your kids. Okay, perfect. What's perfect. the worst that could happen? Yeah. Uh, so these are the movies the week of Friday, February 9th, 2024. Again, as we record a bit early, it's interesting. Lee was saying how it's just so difficult. People say, oh, are you getting this movie? Not going to name names, but two distributors just ghosted us. Like, oh. haven't been returning emails, haven't been returning calls. Hurtful. Godzilla minus one, we wanted to bring it back, and they said, nope. So it's tough with that kind of thing where there's a misconception that we could just get whatever. Right. And it's not. And so when we do these podcasts a little bit earlier, that's why we don't know everything that's coming is because we might book something as late as monday at five o'clock yeah for the next week especially in this kind of oscar season time and I, I literally read a story this morning where they said godzilla minus zero ends its theatrical run so i was like okay well if they're literally saying it worldwide now like i guess the, we're, we don't want to make any more money yeah everyone's hurt by it but yeah they were like oscar nomination it made over 100 million so weird. blah 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 whatever anyways good for them so our ottawa premiere this week is once within a time okay which we are screening because it's a new weirdo art house film from the filmmakers behind Koyaanisqatsi. Oh, there it is. Did there it. it is. Okay. And watch the trailer. I don't know what's going on. Okay. But I, I love showing this kind of movie because it truly is a weird art house movie. So is it like similar in style kind of? Or? No, it's not documentary. It looks like it's actors hmm. and special effects and weird old timey stuff. Dang. Like it looks like a purposely done kind of old timey filigree around the screen. Like title cards and stuff like that philip glass is not involved he is involved yeah yes yes there it is the music does sound good from the just what i've seen in the trailer all right but i don't know the pitch line is a comedic apocalyptic vision of the end of the world and the beginning of a new one oh comedic yeah that's not what i expected at all actually i know there's a monkey in it yeah the end of the world part sounds about right but like the other the comedic and not documentary is very intriguing yeah was there was three documentaries that they did or was it just two they did they i think three all with equally difficult to pronounce names right okay that's what i thought i didn't <laughs> think i made that up okay cool yeah no, that sounds good so then we are screening zombie the, right. the classic italian zombie film that is strangely intertwined with night of living dead but not yeah and also strangely featured in a microsoft commercial years back so weird the, yeah the shark fighting a zombie scene if you've ever the best, seen that the best i mean i know you have but you know whoever's yeah. listening to this that and the eyeball scene those are like the two which yeah. we replicated in enter the drag dragon there's a shout out to that tisa farrow uh, eyeball scene and that Tisa Farrow, she passed away, sadly. So this is a bit of a excuse to show the film and a tribute screening to her. And kind of fun, like in a, in a movie where she passes away and it's like about zombies. Like, I don't know. Is yeah. there some fun to that? I don't know. But it's, it's one of my favorites. It's a great B-zombie movie to catch on the big screen. And I really think it is my favorite Fulci movie. I go back and forth with stuff, but it's just like, it's short. The music's great. You know, there's memorable scenes, good ending. It's just a perfect theater flick. And what was it? It was also released as Zombie 2, confusingly. Yeah, yeah without an E at the end. So it's Zombie 2 because Dawn of the Dead, I think, was Zombie. Zombie. So confusing. Yeah. So a movie that's a sequel, Night of the Living Dead, was released under a different title. Yeah. And this movie, by a different group of people, is a sequel to that, but not. Yeah. Yeah, because like, this was 81, I think. Yeah, that, I think yeah. so, yeah. So, like, I don't know. I mean, it worked. It did it well. It worked. And yeah. we still talk about it to this day. Yeah. So then, continuing our Norman Jewison retrospective tribute month, we are screening the Oscar-winning classic Moonstruck. Cage! Starring Nicholas Cage. Here we go. Who was snubbed. He didn't get an award for this movie either. He was nominated, though? Uh, or, or not even? 
Nope, not even nominated. He was, did he get a Golden Globe or something? Because he got probably like something. they always do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he did get like a lot of praise and a lot of people were talking yeah. about it. This one won for Cher, Olympia mm. Dukakis, original screenplay. Then was nominated for Best Picture, Director, Supporting Actor, but not Nick Cage. Wait, Supporting Actor was not Cage? It was Vincent Gardinia. Oh, come on. <laughs> R- really? Like, he was clearly the supporting... All right. I'm <laughs> now still you mad. hate Vincent Gardinia. He had to wait for, like, how many... I can't remember what year that came out, but he had to wait for another, what, nine years or something like that? Something like that, Just yeah. Just throwing out numbers, you know. But still... But it, about a decade-ish, yeah. Class. And he, had, he has a wooden hand, I believe, in it, which is kind of like... I can tie that back to Carl Weathers, who had a fake hand in Happy Gilmore. Oh, Gilmore, poor Carl passed. Weathers. Yeah, yeah. So it's not... You know, we're not playing Happy Gilmore to my knowledge. But no. Like, if we were... But this movie, too, Lee dropped off this beautiful poster, which i never seen before, hmm. which is just the family. It's like a oh. family photo. And he specifically, the first words out of his mouth were, don't give this to Eric. Oh, she, I, mean, I was going to say, is Cage on the poster? He is, yeah. That was step one. It's in the candy bar. Go look at it later. But I've never seen it before. But don't touch it. I, I've only seen the iconic share poster. Right, for sure. That's the only one anyone's ever seen, I think. And we don't know the exact dates, but that is valentine's week so maybe we'll you, if you can't come on valentine's to see our special movie that's another good romance we're screening this week absolutely then speaking of we might only get to screen this for the one night but we of course are screening what has become our tradition of casablanca on valentine's night absolutely. and as people say oh why don't you play this movie or that movie it's the same thing with rocky horror where we are blessingly cursed with we got to show Rocky Horror at Halloween because it sells out. Right. And we got to show Casablanca on Valentine's because it packs the place. Yeah. And same with like It's a Wonderful Life at Christmas. Exactly. You know? like, yeah. It's just, it's, it's fun for a reason and it's a, it's, it's a staple here. And, and it really is like, I don't know, it's such a vibe being able to see something like that. Here. I love it. I love Casablanca and it lives up to the hype. At the time it won Best Picture, Director and Screenplay, but can't get into the whole story. But what's really interesting is it wasn't intended as a, a picture prestige prestige picture yeah it was it was a b picture at drive-ins and at double bills and stuff so weird so weird to think that i don't know i gotta look this up i'm sure there's a whole book written about it but i wonder what (laughs) the a picture was at the drive-in or at the mayfair type cinema when this was the b picture yeah like that always makes me think of star wars that was the same thing yeah that was gonna be the b movie at drive-ins and then they put all their money into a different movie and then that one just bombed you're like well, you know, but they did have a cool car vehicle in that other movie. So I don't know. I mean, but yeah, that's that's fascinating. Well, that's something to look up. That's our trivia for the week is yeah. to find out what the A picture was. Yeah, because I bet, again, I bet you there's little books written about it. But I love Casablanca. Humphrey Bogart's great. And it's just that black and white photography up on the big screen yeah. really feels like time travel. And it's just a, a great, simple little movie. Yeah, it's a fun tradition. So then this week, Double Down, we have our 169th presentation of The Room on oh, Friday night. And then on Saturday, a Saturday night cinema. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So back to back cult movies there. And it's uh, so that'll be like basically the Valentine's Day cinema or as close yeah. to it, I suppose. And uh, yeah. And there's always some talk that it might be an adult film. Oh, right. Neither talk about that. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. Either way. I don't know. I'm assuming like it'll be something special. He's being peer pressured by there's a professor at Carlton U and she teaches some kind of sex in cinema subcourse or pop culture that kind of thing and so a couple years ago Lee screened some kind of racy Emmanuel type movie at cinema and so I think she was like show another one of those and I will make all of my class come and buy memberships so that was the peer pressure of having 
40 memberships sold to a bunch of new students who are coming to see some kind of sex in pop culture course or something. Yeah, and it, and it works in yeah. a way because you're doing two a month. So like in theory, you can just be like, listen, you know, this won't be for everyone, but don't worry in a couple of weeks, you know, yeah. <laughs> we'll play something else. So we'll see. Damnation Alley, by the way, that was the name of the other movie that you Star found Wars. it already? No, well, sorry, that was the Star Wars versus oh. one. I didn't find, I didn't look up the... Uh, Damnation Alley is a kind of title that could have been in the 40s. So honestly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it does sound like a, a 30s, 40s type film, you know, with a gumshoe or some such. Well, no. also we know that Sorcerer was squashed mm. by Star Wars in 1977. Another classic. As a movie that was supposed to be on the cover of all the magazines and newspapers and get a whole bunch of nominations and all that stuff. And then just everyone went to see Star Wars. Still though. But now everyone's, because we can't yeah. show Star Wars, people come go. to see Sorcerer. <laughs> so it worked out. So yeah, so that is our movie screening the week of Friday, February 9th through Thursday, February 15th. And as mentioned, we're not quite sure because we're in this trend now of kind of booking last minute. But wouldn't be surprised if either Zone of Interest or Poor Things or Boy and the Heron is back for a fourth week. We could speculate anything because yeah. it's just speculation, right? So we're like, we might be playing Attack of the Clones. Yeah. <laughs> we might be playing, I don't know what else, we're not a diehard. I'm trying to think yeah. of what we're not allowed to show. But I do know, too, also Jeffrey Wright in American Fiction is indeed circling. Okay. It's It's this problem of... We got to wait for the powers that be. Sometimes they'll go to the multiplex with some logic of if American fiction gets put on screen there, it's on screen across the country. Sure. Whereas there's many less of us Mayfairs across the country. But then we have proof. We have mathematical proof that they've done that before. And then it goes to a multiplex and the Oscar kind of drama art house movie just does nothing there. Yeah. And then we get it and do gangbusters with it. Yeah, it just it feels like it's almost like a placeholder when they do that and it yeah. you, you get maybe 10 people at screening if that and you're just like we've had to suffer waiting for a movie that's on the outskirts of the city to finally come to us. Yeah, and sometimes it is. Sometimes especially in Ottawa, I'm sure many cities have this, but Ottawa is a big city. We mm. used to be a slightly smaller city, then we ate up all of the cities around us. Yeah. So I know now for example, one of those movies is in Canada. Okay. Canada's really far away from the Mayfair. Yeah. And you would think they would be like, probably not a lot of Canada suburbanites are going to come all the way to the Mayfair, so why not let us screen it at the same time? Yeah. But that's one of the issues that we just kind of, we got to wait. Yeah, I'm assuming it's an exclusivity deal or something. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering, was that what happened with Godzilla? Did they have some kind of exclusivity deal to go onto a streaming service or something mm. and couldn't re-figure out the contract and went, we got to go. Yeah, and that one's trickier because it's an overseas film. So it might yeah. be, the contracts might be just crazy for something like that where they've pre-committed to this or that. Who knows? Yeah, and I did ask Lee as well, can we play some old Godzilla movies? Mm. And in fact, we can. Oh. But then the problem is, is this horrible, harsh reality of the last time we did a Godzilla Fest like <laughs> nobody came yeah well, nobody thing. came like you know one or two and then the other thing it's is like what do you do you take a risk on something like a godzilla 2000 which is about yeah. to have its 25th anniversary oh, right. i, I yeah, suppose yeah. which was like pretty well received for what it was because obviously like we're not playing godzilla 98 i mean maybe no. we are i don't think we should but no but it's like, yeah, Mechagodzilla, like where, what era do you focus on? Maybe maybe that's the trick. Like you play the original and one of the like later ones and then one of the later ones, you know. Or I said it's, a, it's an interesting scheduling debate mm -hmm. is that it's fun to do a fest, but sometimes maybe the average viewer might not have the time, speaking of not enough hours in the day, yeah. to come see a Godzilla movie once a week. Yeah. So maybe just kind of randomly, more like once a month, once every two months, 
pop in a Godzilla movie. So they're a bit more spread out. Or even two weeks. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, because it, yeah, it depends on what you pick, first of all. And then, yeah, because I agree. Like, it is a bit tough. I mean, I love the idea of doing these, you know, these little mini fests. But at the yeah. same time, like, yeah, it's a little tricky. But I mean, that said, that's like a Sunday afternoon Godzilla type movie. Oh, God. That would be awesome. I wonder if we could do it for March break. Oh, oh, that's interesting. That'd be cool. Because I wonder if there's, there seems to be more grown-up nerds with kid nerds who are coming to movies. Yeah. Together. So maybe something like that might work. But I'm, I know like... I'm wearing a Godzilla shirt. Oh, you are right, right now. now. just to point that out. <laughs> it's important. And yours looks like it could be a Godzilla shirt, even though it isn't. Mine's a Return <laughs> of the Jedi shirt. Also cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're loving all of that. There's a Rancor in that. He's kind of like a Godzilla. That's true. That's true. Although... Having said all that, I think like now is a good time to strike while the Godzilla iron is hot. Yes. Because yes. like people are talking about it. It's up for an Oscar. Like, you know, it's it's really, it's out there. It's, it's, it's like maybe like, bigger than it's ever been in some ways. I talk about this a lot of catching something right at the right time. Mm-hmm. We screened the cinematic classic that is Sharknado. Yeah. But right at the right time. And like, part two. two yeah. Because I came here, it was August 2nd. It was on my birthday. Okay. And we weren't as close as we are now at the time. But I remember like, I think, I think I thanked you for booking yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinking that you're doing that. I don't know what's going on. I, I do it all. Before. Yeah, and so like <laughs> I remember, I did, I missed the first one here, but I saw Sharknado 2 here on my birthday. And it was a ton of fun. Like it's still, yeah. it maybe not, it wasn't as like financially crazy as the first one, but there, it was pretty full. But the first one, we screened it when, you know, talk show hosts were still talking about it. Yeah. It was on YouTube, whatever. And we packed the place mm-hmm. and then screened it again. Didn't do as well. Screen Sharknado 2 didn't do as well. And then tried it again and it tanked. So you got to be right at the right time. So yeah, and maybe now with Godzilla in the pop culture brainwaves, maybe we could get away with screening it again. Yeah, and at least those are like more, I don't know, this sounds mean, but like more legitimate movies. Like, I mean, it's yeah. not like Sharknado, <laughs> like it's, it's fun, but yeah. it, it knows what it is, you know, whereas like the Godzilla... Yeah. They're not all 10 out of 10s, obviously, but... I was saying that at Fantasia years back, we watched an Ultraman movie. And then looking up the history of Ultraman, it was like his 48th movie or something like that. Yeah, no, I haven't seen any of them. Like, I just never, not deliberately, but it just, I don't know, it's hard. There's too many things. So much fun. Like, (laughs) and it's weird because it was a weird mix of modern kind of effects and cinematography mixed with a big Ultraman fighting a big kaiju in what is clearly Hot Wheels cars and fake houses. Yeah, like man in suit action. Yeah, so it's this really weird mix of CG and looks like a movie, like doesn't look like it's shot on home video, but then it's a guy in a suit stepping on cardboard buildings yeah like the fun you can do a fun mix of yeah modern and you know weirdo yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah oh, i'd love to show that kind of stuff too yeah yeah i'm sure well at least like lee is open to stuff like yes. that at least like yeah. if you have to of all the people convinced to show weird old-timey stuff is it, that yeah yeah okay so that's it for this week thanks for listening everybody you can find more information and confirm those mystery movies we might be screening at mayfairtheater.ca as soon as we get the info usually on mondays sometimes a little before and we always update social media with mayfair branded posters as soon as we have that information as well Hey everyone, this is Josh checking in a couple days after the recording of that podcast. Just because we lost the last 90 seconds or so, nothing really important, just us saying goodbye, but it sounded really weird if I just left it as is. 
Plus, this gives me the opportunity to hop in and let you know that we booked a new film called The Braid, and we're holding over Freud's last session for a few more screenings. We couldn't get a hold of any more Oscar nominees this week, but a whole bunch are circling, and we will get those on screen as soon as we get a hold of them. So thanks for listening. Be sure to go to mayfairtheater.ca for all of our updates. Check out our social medias. And if you have a spare moment, give us a nice review on your favorite podcatching device. And we will see you next week. Moonstruck is one of the year's best films and a wonderful time at the movies. Raves Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert. Snap out of it! Joel Siegel of ABC TV says it's perfect. What a sweet, wonderful film. Now you talk. Newsweek magazine adds, Moonstruck is enchanting. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Shay, Nicholas Cage, Moonstruck. Starts Friday at a famous player's theater near you. Check listings.